going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Wizards of Galia Place podcast. Brendan and Dom are back on the show, and it is Wednesday, May 31st. Draft season is upon us. We've gotten to the NBA Finals, the Nuggets against the Heat. So we're winding down the NBA season here. But again, we it is draft season, so we're going to get into a lot of draft talk today. We were supposed to start recording at 3. It is now 3.47. We've been talking about draft prospects this entire time. So I, I should have just started uh, hitting the record button five minutes into the convo. But um, alas, we're going to get into some draft talk a lot today. But first thing I want to do first, just kind of a brainstorming exercise, as I know on Wizards Twitter, there's a lot of send Beal to Boston. Um you know, the Celtics need to get rid of Jalen Brown. So we'll, we'll try and tie all of this um, together here to start off the pod today just as a little exercise here. So I do have a base of a trait here that Domo's going to tell me if he hates it, thinks I'm an idiot, or thinks it's a decent base, tell me if it makes sense, and then he's going to help me finish it because I'm still struggling with a little bit of what to do exactly with draft compensation here. So this is a three-team deal between Boston um, and Portland. And what exactly is going – the base that I have is Bradley Beal to Boston, Jalen Brown to Portland, and the number three pick um, to Washington. That's why simply all three of these teams, before we add in anything else, that's the reason that all three of these teams are making this deal. Um, So offer it based on that. Do you think that that makes sense for all three teams? And I want to get your opinion on Jalen Brown because I know that he's due for a payday, and I'm curious as to whether you think he's more valuable under contract or do you think he's more valuable just going into um, this last year and then maybe if you're Portland, you're confident in being able to retain him. So Because I think that that's going to be kind of – what dictates whether or not this type of deal would get done is, um, you know, is this even a player that's worth the number three overall pick in this type of draft at this point? I mean, uh, to be fair, if he's not, I'm not sure anyone is, right. but <laughs> I just want to see if you think that that makes sense. And then again, kind of gauging where Jalen Brown is more valuable as it, it pertains to should Boston just sign and trade him. Um, or should Portland in this case just let him play out his last year and then see where it goes? Yeah, I mean, you he would definitely have more value to teams that can't get free agents if he's under contract. Sure. Um, so a Portland, um, you know, any any one of those type of teams that struggle to get free agents that have to get their stars via trade, he has more valuable value under contract. Um. Now, the moment he signs for three hundred million, the expectation is different because now you're you're getting paid the same money as Giannis and Jokic and those MVP level guys. And I just don't think Jalen Brown has ever been that level of player. Um, as it relates to Portland, it's like you're trying to win with Dame, right? So Jalen Brown fits as the exact type of player you want next to him—a defender, two-way wing, six-seven, big-body athlete. Um, perfect type of number two guy to play off a of Dame. Uh, you you got the number three pick. The guy you picking at number three, if it's Brandon Miller or Scoot, I mean, if the outcome was a was a second team All NBA player, that's a win. So, but you don't have that type of time. You you on a you on a Dame Lillard timeline. So, if them for them, that's probably the best player you can get for that number three pick if you can pull that off. Um. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you, so you have to entertain that either, you know, in, in some regard. If the if the plan is really to win with Dame Lillard, because if you're going to take another 19 year old, I just don't know that he's willing to wait till he's age 35 for <laughs> them to start winning or competing again for that player to develop and Shade and Sharp and all the other young guys. Like I just, he don't have that type of time. He's trying to win right now today. Right. 
So adding in some more pieces here, um, and again, Beal to Boston, I think makes a lot of sense. And I know that Jalen Brown doesn't have, like, I think they were a little upset that he doesn't have the um, the the shakiness, uh, the, the ability to handle the ball. And I know that Beal can be kind of shaky with his handle too, but he's a much better ball handler than, uh, than Jalen Brown is. So I think from that aspect, and again, this is a guy that's averaged 30 points a game. It's not the worst. Tatum and um, Beal are really close. So I think that that makes a lot of sense for Boston. And then moving off from Bradley Beal's contract and being able to get the number three pick and you can truly reboot your franchise, I think it makes a lot of sense for um, all three teams to to be in on this deal. Now, filling in the gaps here, right? Um, So I have Yusuf Nurkic going to us, we'll take on the contract, and in return, we're going to give them Daniel Gafford. Um, I think that Yusuf Nurkic might overall be a better player, but his availability over his career has been awful. And I think that if you pair Dame and Jalen with um, the type of player that Jalen was playing with in Boston with a, a Robert Williams, an athletic rim-running type guy like Daniel Gafford, I think that fits better for what they're trying to do. And he, if you can, if you get like starter quality minutes from him more times often than not, then that's one steal of a contract. Again, Daniel Gafford's under contract for the next three years around uh, between 12 and 13 mil, I think. So that's a great deal. And Nurkic still has three years left on his deal as well. Um, but again, if, if we're going to be rebuilding, it, it doesn't, it, it's okay for us to take back um, bad contracts in this situation. So, again, yeah. if Portland's going to give us the number three pick, yeah, they're getting Jalen Brown, but we may have to do a little something else to sweeten the deal there, especially if we wouldn't be sending another future first to Portland, which I would hope that we wouldn't have to do in that situation. So um, I, I think the Daniel Gaffer-Nurkin swap makes a lot of sense. Um, if they're going to be getting Jalen Brown, it doesn't make sense for – Portland to keep Anthony Simons, Shaden Sharp, um, Jalen Brown, and Damian Lillard. So to make the salary work, we'll also take back Anthony Simons in that deal. And um, he'll be our starting one or two, depending on if we get Scoot Henderson or not in that position. So, um, and again, this is a guy that even if you realize you maybe don't want long-term, um, that's a contract I feel like is easily reflippable. Um, he would still have two more years on his contract going into the trade deadline later this year or next year. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we would also get Malcolm Brogdon from Boston. They're paying Malcolm Brogdon 22 and a half, Marcus Smart 18 and a half, and Derek White 18 and a half. It doesn't make sense for them to keep all three of those guys. Uh, now, that's a great, like, defensive three and D whatever rotation of guards, but I don't think that it makes sense for them to keep Brogdon and either way they have to make the salary work. And I don't think that they're going to be ready to part from Marcus smart or Derek white, who both have started games for them this past year. So I think the odd man out and the one who is most expensive of the bunch, Malcolm Brogdon would be gone in that scenario and then to give them another defensive guy back in their rotation and to make salary work for both teams, we'll give them DeLon Wright. I figured they would want DeLon Wright over Monte Morris. Um, so that is the base of the deal. Now, where I struggle to complete this deal is where the rest of – is there any more draft capital that needs to be included, do you think? Because the only pick that's moving right now is that third overall pick to us? Do you think that we would need to give Portland the eighth pick back? Um, does Boston need any draft capital? I mean, you wouldn't think so, but um, I guess I'm just trying to see because I just want to make sure this deal is fair to all sides. I think the base of this trade is is very fair for all sides. I'm just trying to figure out, like, does anyone else need the first? The the base parts of it, I think, are fine. I mean, the other stuff, I think, is marginal. I don't, I don't see why the Wizards would need to give up an additional – pick if because essentially now you're just basically talking about trading Bradley Beal to move up five spots and, and then right. you got to take back bad money to do that like I don't I don't I wouldn't do that like if you can come away with three and eight 
and Simons, well, now that's that's kickstarting a good rebuild. Um, even if it means you have to take back, you know, a, a Nurkic bad contract, you, you know, you could maybe recoup his value and move off of him at a later date. But, um, but yeah, I, I would. I don't. I don't think. I think the basis. The basis of it. Jalen Brown to Portland, Beal to Boston, and then Simons three to the Wizards. That makes. That makes a ton of sense. So you wouldn't give them back eight in that scenario. You would say, nope. You're going to give us three because you're getting Jalen Brown and Daniel Gafford, and you're going to like it. Yeah, I wouldn't give them eight. And what are they going to do with eight? Like they're. They're trying to win now. They need guys that's they need they need guys that have tape and and have production on film now to compete. Like they're not them drafting another nineteen year old. I just don't think Dame is with that. So yeah, if anything, I would think they would want to ask for like one of our players versus asking for number eight. Right. And the same thing with Boston. Boston is trying to win now. They're not trying to draft another 19-year-old. They're trying to win now. So, so again, in recap, Boston is getting Bradley Beal and DeLon Wright, and they are trading away Jalen Brown and Malcolm Brogdon. Um, the Blazers are adding Jalen Brown and Daniel Gafford, and they're getting rid of Anthony Simons and Yusuf Nurkic. So I think it's clear that from a, a talent perspective, Portland is clearly getting um, the best shake out of this, which is why we're going to get that number three pick um, because we're taking on some bad contracts here. The Wizards are trading away Bradley Beal, DeLon Wright, and Daniel Gafford, but adding Anthony Simons, Yusuf Nurkic, and Malcolm Brogdon. So um, I think that that's a good deal. Now, whether or not something will materialize, again, Boston would have to be sure that they want to move um, Jalen. Um, and we've seen reports that Portland would like to get Jalen Brown. They view him as in that tier of guys that they would consider moving off the third pick for. And then, of course, and I don't think that that would be that big of a barrier, but Bradley Beal would have to go to Boston. And again, I don't think that that would be a problem, but... Um, again, he, he does hold all the cards in this kind of, you know, with his no trade clause, but overall, sure. I mean, I think that's a good deal. I think it's fair for all sides and everyone kind of gets what they want. Boston gets the change. They finally break up the duo. They save a little bit of money by getting rid of Brogdon. Um, the Blazers, again, they, they get the most talent out of the deal and then the Wizards get what they want for rebuilds and the third pick certainly would, uh, would help hopefully expedite that rebuild a little bit. So, yeah, I think it's a good deal for all parties. Yeah, like I said, I, li- I like the basis of it. I-, I don't see the Wizards having to give up any any additional high compensation. Maybe maybe you have to throw Boston number 42 with it, but outside of yeah. that, I just don't, I don't see us having to give up more than what we're already giving up in that. Um, and obviously, Jalen Brown is the prize in that. He's going to Portland, so they're happy that, the, you know, the – the, the Celtics are getting a player back that, you know, I think may actually fit better with off of playing off of Tatum than Jalen Brown does. Cause just Jalen just has, when he doesn't have the ball, I just don't know what he's doing. Um, right. And then when he has the ball, he's turnover prone. So it's kind of like this, this, you know, he's a great talent, him and Tatum, but it's like, their talents kind of overlap because they both want the ball. They both want to do these Drew Hanlon finishing moves. Um, and neither one of them can really play off of it. Tatum can, but he really likes to get it to his, his bag. And, and so he can get that rhythm step back off. Uh, so it's just like, uh, you know, I just think Bill, although maybe not the two way player Jalen Brown is, uh, I think he might mesh a little better with, with, with Tatum in the, in the long term. So if you were the GM for all three of these teams, would you say yes? I think I think everybody comes out. It, it just depends on what Boston. Right. If it, let's say they decide, okay, they've had enough. And even though, you know, they they may not get better, but they, they have to do something to switch it up. So let's say that they move off of them just because they need it. They need a change. Because really, it's it's the it's Jalen Brown that would have to spark this deal because. 
it would be him saying, Hey, I don't want to be here anymore. Like, and if he does that, then it's like, okay, well, what, who's the best player we can get for Jalen Brown that helps us win in the Jason Tatum era? That would be Beal. And that to me would be Bradley Beal. So, uh, yeah, it would, it would, to me, it would start with Jalen Brown saying he don't want to be there no more. But he going to sign for that 300 M's. There's just no way he not signing that. Yeah. <clears throat> well, we've been promising draft talk for a while now, and I still don't know every prospect, and I don't know the prospects um, as well as Damo does or as well as other people in um, the Wizards community do. But I have brushed up a little bit on, again, we talked for basically 50 minutes before we actually started recording on this stuff. So have some stuff to to go over as it pertains to the draft prospects. But um, I think one of the the bigger things here that we still need to consider is who exactly is going to be our general manager and who is going to be helping in this process of identifying the talent and making these picks. Is it, are they just going to promote Brett Greenberg? Are we going to actually hire Will Dawkins from the Thunder at some point? I mean, these are big things that can totally affect the type of player that we're going to want at this eighth pick. So I know that you said you had looked at an article um, that had mentioned players that the Thunder might like. And I'm going to go ahead and assume that our next GM is going to be Will Dawkins strictly because we haven't really heard about anyone else. And I think that just moving up Brett Greenberg would be a lazy hire. So let's pretend it's Will Dawkins. Um, did what players were mentioned in that article that the Thunder might like? Yeah, so it was the 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 Thundery type player. It was how it was described, and it's the the long toozy guys that are versatile, can do do everything, um, athletic. So the first name on the list was Anthony Black. Sure, no surprise. Uh, the the mention. It was mentioned the comparison between Black and, and Josh Giddy um, as big point guards that can kind of play one through three and, you know, just figure out their jump shot. Uh, and then the second guy I believe they had listed was. Uh, was the, who's the second guy they had? Um, I want to say it was Jarris. Yeah, Jarris Walker. Um, Seven foot two wingspan. Uh, He kind of likened him to like a bigger Lou Dort. Um, He could play the four, play some five, maybe give you a little three. Uh, And as a defensive menace, you just got to hope that that jump shot comes along. Mm -hmm. Um, Another thing next to chat. Oh, yeah, he would be a perfect fit next to Chet, who's kind of slight of build. You want somebody next to him that's going to hit the glass, um, can be smart, and rotate on defense. So that fits. Uh, another one they mentioned was Leonard Miller, another 6'9 plus 7'2 wingspan, athlete, rebounder, defender, a little bit of playmaking, can kind of play multiple positions, versatile. Um, Ryan Rupert. Um, similar to Usman Ding, they took last year, seven foot ish wingspan, uh, athlete, versatile. And then another one they that that is a sleeper, and I, I haven't really had a chance to get into all of his tape, but I do like what I've seen so far just from highlights was Bobby Clintman, um, out of out of Wake Forest, who is a low usage guy, but when you watch his when you look at his physique, he's 6'10, 220. Kind of, he can he can play a bunch of different positions. Again, versatile type player. He just didn't do a lot. I think he averaged like six points a game for Wake Forest. Like, so he didn't do a lot. But when in a workout setting, I could see why a team would be intrigued with him in the first round or top of the second round, because he's one of those guys that's six ten that can handle the ball, shoot the ball, rebound, slide his feet, and those that's what that's what guys are looking for. You're looking for that. Uh, you know, uh, Jonathan Isaac type player, you know, with jump shot. Um, so yeah, those were the guys he named. But I will probably add uh, the, the 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 Frenchman Bilal Cullaby 
to that list too. Just long wingspan athlete can do a little bit of everything. Um, those are the guys that I think the, are the thundery guys that you're probably, you know, maybe, maybe winger is pulling some of that Intel over to DC. Hopefully. Yeah. Um, I think one thing to consider here too, is I know everyone has been talking about the, the wizards need a point guard, the wizards need a point guard. Um, and yes, if we are running back this current team, then yes, the priority should be more towards point guard. But the, the thing is, I don't think that they're going to be running it back. Um, if they were going to do that, the Wizards just should have kept Tommy Shepard. Um, because I, I don't see the point in bringing in a new guy in doing this big search and now having to find a GM and now what happens with West on so junior 15 games into the year and it just turns into this whole thing and, and you could have just done the same thing and not fired anyone and you could have been all good and dandy so I don't think that they're necessarily going to run it back not now again maybe two out of those um, three guys are back you know, talking about BLKP and um, Kyle Kuzma but I'm not sure that all three of them are going to be back because, again, it, it just doesn't it doesn't add up. Unless Tommy Shepard's culture installment was so bad that they had to do something. Um, and I know that there were a little bit of concerns, too, because when looking over how Winger approaches the draft, it didn't sound all that entirely dissimilar from Tommy. Now, Tommy never traded up in the draft, and Winger has traded up a couple times. But the types of guys they look for, you know, good character guys, hardworking. I mean, that's kind of what we heard from Tommy Shepard over the years. So I'm curious how similarly do you think that Winger will approach this draft to, to maybe how Tommy would have? Or do you think that this GM, whoever it's going to be, let's pretend it's Will Dawkins, maybe will have more say in the process? Yeah, I mean, I think Winger is definitely going to have a big say in, in the process and just the overall arching vision of the team going forward. Um, but I'm sure he's going to empower his GM, who he hires. Hopefully that is the guy from 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 the Thunder Dawkins um, to, to make his pick, to, to make his pitch on who, who he thinks should be the selection. Um, but I, I think he's going to be bringing a guy in that's there on similar accord. So. They're probably going to value the same things out of out of prospects um, on draft day. So, uh, I'm, I'm hopefully they get it done soon because the draft is right around the corner. Right, that's what's kind of like, it's like. Come on, guys! Like the Wizards still haven't announced any uh, private work on this. Let's go. Let's get the GM in here and let, let's start working on this stuff. I'm sure that um, Dawkins has already built some relationships with some agents and maybe a little bit of um, some players. So. Try and bring those guys over to D.C. now. You know, get them in for workouts. And if you already know about them, then maybe you don't need to see them again. Great. Well, then get on the prospects that you don't know. Um, you know, they need to get this together quickly because we can't have another flop in the draft. We just can't. Like, we made the changes in the front office, so their time is now. There, There is no excuse of, well, we didn't have enough time to evaluate. No, no, no. That's it. You took the job, buddy. It's now your responsibility to – to make sure that we have a good draft this year. It has to happen. No ifs, ands, or buts. And this is not the draft that you can come away with a bust because if you do, given the how high the pick we have, you're not going to last very long. So we, out of all the drafts that we've had over the last however many years, this has to be the one where you come away with – I mean, whoever we draft this year should be better than Rui, Denny, Kispert, times five. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's got. Anyway. We got to. We got to hit on an impact guy. Like it's just. It's imperative. Um, we, we'll still touch on point guard real quick, and we and again we we touched on this a little bit before we started, but I think that the four main point guards that the Wizards that will be in our range, let's say anyway, would be um, Anthony Black, Kaysen Wallace, um, Jalen Hood, and Nick Smith. So out of all four of those guys, I think I would still have Anthony Black as the number one, but I would put Nick Smith number two, Jalen Hood number three, and then I would put Kaysen Wallace down. And it seems like throughout this process that his stock has kind of been falling off a little bit, Kaysen Wallace. And I kind of want to get your 
perspective and take on him as a prospect and maybe why his stock is dropping a little bit. Because as you mentioned and before we started recording, I mean, he's been consistent, but it's maybe he just doesn't have the upside as some of these other guys. Yeah, I mean, uh, Kaysen Wallace, uh, I-, I like his game. I, I'm i just still not really sure about his upside. Uh, you know, the, the Drew Holiday comps, I, oh. I get it. I get it. I just, I just think people need to go and look at Drew Holiday back when he was in high school. Like he was a legitimate bucket. Um, right. I mean, he could, he could right left you to death with that crossover, man. Like he was, he was the first step was 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 elite with him. Um, and you didn't even know really that he was a defender until he got into the NBA. He didn't become a defender until he got into the league. Um, so. Uh yeah, I I don't know about I don't know about the Drew Holiday comp. Um, I see more of a guy that kind of is it actually looks better to me off the ball, um, mm-hmm. because he doesn't really have that that legitimate like I said first step athleticism to like break a guy down off the dribble. He struggles with that. Um, so it's like okay, well if he's gonna be a defender, but he kind of struggles in half the offense, um, putting the ball on the floor. Well then, is that is that Drew Holiday or is that DeAnthony Melton? Right, and 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 that's 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 the thing. And so, like, you know, GM, you gotta look at that and say, okay, well, is there is there is there high upside there? Because if you're talking about a guy top ten on lottery, you're not trying to draft a DeAnthony Melton. You're you're trying to draft, you know, you want you you know you want one of these premier playmakers that can create an advantage for you offensively. While also being, you know, solid on the defensive end. So uh, that he's he's a tough eval for me because, like I said, I like his game, but I just I just have questions about the upside part. Yeah, no, I I definitely agree, and that's actually a player that I was thinking of watching. Um, his highlights was actually the Anthony Melton, so um, that would make a lot of sense for him. Now, again, that's not a guy that you take, um, you know, at pick number eight. That's a guy maybe you take in the the early 20s type deal um, if you're a point guard needy team. But this is not the draft where you want to be picking as high as the Wizards are and you come away with a role player. You want to come away with, um, at minimum, you know, a a star level player that, that may not necessarily be an all-star. I know that we would like to, to get an all-star and who knows, maybe we will, but you know, like a, a star player, you know, at least make it so you're a threat at all times on the court. Team's got to account for you. It's got to get our scout game plan for you hard. So um, that's the type of guy that I'm hoping for. There's nothing wrong with a role player. I just, my thinking would be, okay, if the guy you're targeting or if the guy that's available there at eight, you look at him and you project him as a role player, then why not trade back and get multiple, right. multiple bites at it? You know, multiple, maybe you come out with two role players or maybe one of them hits and then you got him plus the, another role player that, that can contribute Versus you just coming out with one role player, and then three years from now we're like, man, I don't know if he's worth giving a second contract to. And you know right. we've been down that road too many times. Right. I mean, I mean, say we can trade back with um, a team that's in the in the twenties, and you get another pick in there. You know, would, would it hurt to come away with Taylor Hendricks or, or Jalen Hood and we can kind of get into or Derek Lively and we can get into the wings and bigs in a second here um, yeah. and, and get some more draft capital in the process because again if you're unsure about a guy and again eight you can still get a good player but it's such a weird pick and, and there's so much rumors and so much noise right now that we don't exactly know who's going to be on the board Anthony Black very well may not be on the board there eight and if that happens, well, then do you have to course correct? Um, you know, do you take a, a Jairus Walker or do you try trading back? Because, again, if, if you know that if you don't know that a guy is going to be able to contribute for you high level for a long time, that's probably a situation you need to entertain trading back because, you know, someone will want to trade up. There's always a few teams that are looking to deal up and protect yourself more long term. Add another draft pick. Maybe you add another role player. Um, you know, yeah. things to consider. Yeah, because it's like if if the choice is okay, take Jairus Walker, 
or trade back and I can get Gigi Jackson and Max Lewis. Right. Well, give me Gigi Jackson and Max Lewis. Like I'm I'm yeah. I'm going that route. Right. Um you know, so it it just depends on how the board falls, man. And I think kind of getting into those um, those three, four spots, we can get into those real quick because there's been a lot of noise surrounding these guys. Uh, Gigi Jackson, who I mentioned weeks ago that I liked as a prospect. I think he has a lot of upside as a player. Um, Jairus Walker, who at one point, you know, was considered a top four, top five pick, but he's kind of sliding a little bit recently. Um, and then Taylor Hendricks, who... I like personally, and a lot of people view him more as like a a role player long term. And I don't disagree. And I kind of mentioned to it uh, mentioned it earlier. I kind of see a little bit of PJ Washington in him. You know, kind of a face up type guy. But has good shooting splits, decent length, good size. So um, kind of getting into those three now. It looked like Jarris Walker had canceled his workout, um, or or what? It was his pro day, right? Yeah, it was a, it was a, yeah, it was a, a pro day. Yep. And so they canceled it, which I'm guessing means that he was promised to get taken with one of those early picks. So I'm assuming that that's not the Wizards, but it very well could be the Magic. It could be the Pacers. For some odd reason, it could be Detroit. So it could be any one of those teams. But I think it's pretty safe to say that he may not be there when the Wizards pick at eight. But if he is, I mean, it's definitely a guy that you consider taking for sure. I think um, you mentioned it. I think a pretty good comp for him is Aaron Gordon, definitely very athletic, can finish around the rim, shoot the ball a little bit. Um, I just don't know, like, his potential long-term. I'm just not sure it's that it's that high, like just watching him, seeing the, the type of stuff he can do. It's just not a because I think the next step for him, if he were to be considered like a star, all star type guy, um, would be you need to develop a handle a little bit and be able to do a little bit of a shake out of the mid range area. And I just don't see that type of game for him right now. So to me, it makes me question what his upside actually is long term. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, you're speaking of uh, uh, um, Walker. Um, Walker, um, yeah, like I, 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 I like him. Um, I think he can fit a really good role as like your fourth starter. Uh, but again, that's not a guy that I'm drafting, hoping to make him uh, a star on my team. Like I just, he's never been that on any level of his basketball career. So it's not likely that on the highest level of competition, he's going to morph into Bam Adebayo. Like. Mm-hmm. Could be wrong, but Bam Adebayo was a star in high school. Um, he got to Kentucky, and like a lot of guys at Kentucky, they have to play a role. Whereas Jarris was a role player in high school, he was a role player in college, and now guys are kind of squinting, looking at him, looking at his physique and his athleticism, and they're kind of talking themselves into him being, you know, this superstar in the NBA. And I'm just not seeing it because that beyond just the skill set that's lacking, there has to be a mentality there to want to take those shots, to want to be in those moments. And if you've never done it, it's hard to kind of turn that switch at the highest level. So, you know, like I said, I like his game. I like him as a pick. If it's like, okay, we're building around KP. Let's get a guy that compliments KP. Jarris Walker fits that perfectly. Big body athlete can guard one through five, can block shots, steal the ball, and he can pass a little bit. Um, you're not worried about his shooting because you have a stretch five in KP. Um, right. uh, he can do all the stuff that KP don't want to do. So, uh, But I don't feel like the Wizards should be drafting like that. We should not be drafting to compliment KP or Beal. We should be drafting the prospect we think is the best suited to be a core piece or foundational piece uh, long term. Yeah, and position shouldn't matter, whether that's a guard, whether that's a wing, whether that's a center. Now, if it's a center, I still think that that's probably a guaranteed trade back spot. But any of those other four positions, you could arguably take an eight, and we really wouldn't be able to say anything because it's like if we're going to rebuild eventually, if not this offseason, then we kind of need a little bit of everything. 
Um, yeah. Now, obviously, I think the the two guard spot would be the least desirable for us because, again, if you have to bring back Brad for a little bit, then that's you know you, you don't want to stunt the development already because this guy that we're taking, you ideally want to get probably like twenty three to twenty eight minutes a night, if not more, depending on the position. So if yeah. we get if Bradley Beal is still here, that player is not going to have the opportunity to do that. So. Um, I would shy away from two. But again, if the plan is to move Beal and there may be some suitors this offseason, then it should be on the table. So a lot of interesting directions the Wizards can go in with this draft pick. And continuing with these um, fours here, the, the other two that we still need to talk about are Taylor Hendricks and Gigi Jackson. I know that you would probably have Gigi a little bit higher on your board. So Let's talk about him first and what you think he would bring to the Wizards. Yeah, uh, I mean, he's just a tremendous talent. Like, I mean, if you if you spotted him in the gym, like, you'd like, oh, yeah, I want that guy on my team. Just looking at him. Long arms, 6'9", 230 maybe. Um, athlete. Uh, and he his mobility for his size is just... This is not something you see often. Um, you know, a guy that big that can move like a guard. Um, I mean, the only really comparison I can I can really give is kind of like he kind of reminds me of Kyle Kuzma, really. Um, uh, a, you know, a, a big he's like a big guard. Uh, you know, and that has some pros and then that has some cons um, because it's like okay, at his size, you would think he would get. He would be a foul merchant. He would be able to draw a lot of contact. He would be like this paint beast that can also stretch out and shoot it. Uh, but when you watch him, you see you see games like that. And in those games, he's dominant when he plays an inside-out game. But then you see other games where he wants to take sidestep threes. He wants to go tween-tween, uh, spin, fade. And it's like, dude, you 6'9", 230, like... Like, uh, <laughs> you know, it's kind of the same stuff you kind of see, like, with Julius Randle sometimes, where, you know, big body dude, he can get to the rim whenever he wants, strong as an ox, but sometimes they get a little perimeter happy, um, and the decision-making can be questionable. And and that's the thing with Gigi, where that's that's probably what's keeping him out of the top 10. Um, because if he had that on talent, he's a top five talent. Uh, but you look at his numbers and you look at his tape and it's like the decision making, the processing, processing of the game. That's where it's lacking. And it's like, OK, can a team get a their hands on him and coach him up? Because if they can, you got yourself a player. Yeah, I think and that's one thing you can say, I think, about all three of these forwards that we're talking about right now is, well, if this guy had this, then this is a star. So. And now going into the, the last of these forwards here, Taylor Hendricks, who I probably like the most out of the three. Like if I had uh, – well, maybe I would take Walker, but I would definitely consider Taylor Hendricks, um, you know, not that far from him. Like if we took Taylor Hendricks at eight, I wouldn't be upset. I would still rather trade back in that scenario. You know, maybe Dallas wants to trade up a couple picks or something, and you can still get um, Hendricks there, and you get, you know, a role player or a future heavily protected first or something like that, or maybe you get an extra second. I don't know, whatever the case may be. But um, I would be up for that too because out of all three of these guys, he he is the most polished shooter and I would say most polished offensive talent um, where we're – going to see the him not get the shine that a Walker or a Gigi Jackson may not is because he just doesn't have um, the athleticism that these guys have. Um, he's still a very lengthy guy, you know, 6'9". I think he's probably like 220, 215, somewhere in there. So um, a decent athlete, not the best. And that's where, I, again, I think the big separator is going to be here between him and those other two is he's just not the athlete that right. um, Gigi and Jarris are. So, but again, if the Wizards want to come away with a shooter and like a guaranteed, I know you're going to be able to do this at the NBA level. 
then I think that you consider that because again, it's if you just want to find athletes that can run up and down the floor, well, to me, I can go to the G League and find that, you know, and it may not be at that level that those two were at, but I mean, athletes are a dime a dozen nowadays. It's if you want to come away with a guaranteed skill, and what do we say the most important skill in basketball is all the time? Shooting. And I, and I think that's where, you know, a team could sell themselves on taking a, a Taylor Hendricks over these two strictly because he's the best shooter, the best offensive player of the bunch. And again, and his shooting splits were, were really good in college too. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, like, like if, you, if, you, if you put a water gun to my head and I'm a playoff team, and you ask me to pick a guy to go win me up. I need to win a playoff game tomorrow, and I need a power forward. Who could step into an NBA game right now and help me the most? I'm going to go with Hendricks. Because I know I can run pick and pop with him. He's going to be able to slide his feet. He can shoot the ball. Like Whereas with Jarris, it's like, I don't know. Teams are sag. Gigi is like, I don't know. His decision-making, like his awareness. So... But the long-term upside, because of the athleticism, because of the, the the tools that you can't teach, you know, that's what it, – it, it depends on what team I am. So, like, if I'm Utah, are you trying to win a championship anytime soon? Probably not. If I'm Utah, Juris Walker might be more appealing to me. Um, right. Gigi Jackson might be more appealing to me. If I'm Dallas, I want Hendricks. You know, so it just it just it just really depends. It re- it really depends. Now, out of all the the centers, I think that the one that is going to get the the most hype is Derek Lively. But I'm wondering before we go um, into some shooting guards, and we can retouch the point guard conversation in a second. But are there any centers that you like other than Lively that you would consider in a trade back, or is he kind of the only one? And if he is the only one, would you even consider a trade back and taking him? For the Wizards, no, I wouldn't consider a center. I think they got they got to figure out the two centers they have now, because um, I think I think they're going to have to make a decision on that. Because if you're going to keep KP at you know thirty thirty five mil annually, and then you're talking about Gafford at twelve mil annually, that's a lot of money tied up into the center position in an era where. We're going away from that. Um, you know, the Miami Heat just got to the championship, and the tallest guy they played is 6'9", and they only played one of those guys. Uh, so, you know, I I would say, but if, if you're going center, I do think Derek Lively is probably the best prospect. Um, outside of that, I mean, it's a couple guys. I, I like uh, – Trace Jackson Davis out of Indiana. I think on the NBA level, he's a center. Um, really? He, yeah, like uh, just watching him, it's like he's so stiff. But man, he makes some he makes some goddamn plays, man. Um, like it wouldn't shock me if he found his way into a playoff rotation. Some some like his rookie year. Like I, I it wouldn't shock me at all. Like if you hear his name in in April May. As a guy, like kind of like Xavier Tillman when he was playing, you know, when he was contributing for the Grizzlies, just a guy that just just not flashy, not not a star, but just he can give you some good minutes um, as a big body, smart, high IQ, can make reads, will dunk on you. Um, I, I like those type of guys for playoff teams that's trying to compete now. Um. Going back one second here. Um, and looking at some of these shooters and, and wings here. Now, now let's assume that Cam Whitmore is not going to be available. I want to get your take on where you have some of these other guys. Um, you know, Grady Dick, who I, I probably wouldn't take, but um, Toby Bufkin, Keontae George, um, Bilal, who's that? Um, that shooter we were talking about earlier from um, from UConn, Jordan Hawkins. Um, where where do you have, in terms of like those types of guys, who do you think would is going to be the best prospect long term? So let, let's just keep this to Kobe, Keontae, Bilal, and um, and Hawkins. 
Kobe, Keontae, Bilal, and Hawkins. Man, that's tough. Uh, <laughs> uh, if you ask me, oh, wait, you, we ooh, we talked you, about it a, a little bit before. Sorry, man, that's weird. Uh, but you know, Hawkins is the most NBA ready shot maker out of the bunch, right? Like contested shots can shoot the three off the bounce, shoot the two off the bounce, contested. You know, he's the most NBA ready shot maker. But to me, it's like I don't know what else he he does to like for potential long term like he doesn't have like elite athleticism i don't see that high of defensive potential there with him so where again where do you kind of see that bunch because i don't know much about these other three i know that Keontae can go get a bucket but that's about the most i know i, I would say right now probably the most complete player on both ends right now today is probably Kobe Bufkin. Mm-hmm. Uh, like defensively and offensively, he probably has the least amount of weaknesses right now today. Uh, but because of his his size uh, and, and the, the limited athleticism, I don't know if I would put him as the, the best guy long term. Um, Hawkins, like you mentioned, I mean, he could come in right now and run off, you know, 10 pin downs and probably right. hit 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 three four threes in a game right now right. today. Um, now is he gonna be the guard on the other end? Because he's really tiny. He's got a slight build, uh, and I think the six five number on him is kind of generous. Uh, and then he's not a plus athlete, but but shooting the ball, oh, he can go do that right now for, for a playoff team. Um, then you got uh Keontae George, who I think on talent. Is is just all of it. Like some of the shots he's able to hit on multiple platforms, off the dribble, off the catch, coming off the screen, side step, between off the like he just he hits shots kind of like like you see Donovan Mitchell hit um, from range, uh, and then he can also get to the rim a little bit and he makes his free throws. So like as far as like the guy that looks like the star, uh, the most to me it's it's Keontae. Keontae. Uh, for sure, because he's kind of been that from high school on up. Like he's been the, that dude. Like game right. on the line, give it to Keontae. Mm-hmm. Uh, get the hell out the way and just let him cook. Um, he's been that. Whereas these other guys, they kind of they're trying to develop into that. Uh, right. and, and Keontae been that dude uh, since before he even transferred to IMG. So, uh, but then there's Bilal. Like Bilal. His game is so damn smooth, man. Like, it almost looks like he's not trying out there. He's just such an effortless athlete. I, I can't remember, like, I, I don't want to sound crazy saying this, but the last time I seen a dude look that effortless, like, as an athlete at 6'6 or 6'6 plus, was when I, I remember watching T-Mac. Like, where they just, I mean, they just got, like, pogo sticks, and they just dunk on you like it's just easy. They just glide around the court. It almost looked like they don't care. But they just cooking you. Um, now I'm not saying he's that type of talent, but like the way he moves around the court, his athleticism is really easy for him. Like he'll he'll just get by you, and next thing you know, you're getting dunked on, man. <laughs> or you know, you lose contact with him, you lose eye contact with him, and he's going over your head for an alley oop. Like you just right. don't see guys that that's 18 years old doing stuff like that regularly. So, um. He's he's got a seven foot three wingspan, I believe, and I don't think he tested the vertical stuff at, at the combine. But I'm sure, I'm positive, his vert is in the forties. Oh um, yeah, I mean his, his athleticism is effortless. I mean his head's at the rim, and it barely seems like he's springing off that left leg. Yeah, so. like, yeah, it's like it's like it's like a dude that just walking the old, you know walking the intramural gym and just like goes up at windmills with his backpack and some some flip flops on. Like he like one of them dudes. Um, yeah. so, um, I, I just, yeah, like his athleticism is crazy. His, his instincts and nose for the ball defensively, um, out of these guys, he's by far the best defender. Like it ain't even close. Uh, like he kind of reminds me of like Trevor Ariza on that end, just a knack for the ball can poke, poke the ball away. And once he gets it out in the open court, it's, it's curtains for you. Uh, and his jump shot has just developed a lot over the last few months playing in that league, man. Like, he, stu- he stood out to me even when you go to watch the game to see Victor Wimbanyama. 
Like, he stood out to me. Like, I'm like, damn, like, this dude looked like a lottery pick. Uh, so, and, he, and again, he's only 18 years old. So I, I would right. say, like, on, like, scoring talent out of those guys, for me, is Keontae. Uh, but if you asking me, like, who I think could potentially be the best player five years from now, it would not shock me if it was Bilal. Like, because <laughs> the stuff he does, some of the stuff is kind of unreal for an 18-year-old. Yeah, and so I'll ask, like, let's say Anthony Black is off the board. Who who would you take at eight out of all these guys we've talked about? You know, Keontae George, um, Jarris Walker, um, Bilal here. Who who would you take? Because I'm going to be honest, like, Bilal, based off, like, his, his traits and stuff, he might be the guy that, you know, I I would consider taking a swing on. Yeah, like, he he's like that – Again, I don't want to sound crazy saying this, but he's the like unknown enigma, like the Giannis at at thirteen, or the, where you're like, who is this kid? And then three years from now, he's the best player in the draft, right? Um, like uh, that might be worth taking because again, and you've said it, if you're star hunting with this pick, this might be the player that you want to go ahead and take. And again, Anthony Black is is a heck of a player, good point guard, but if we're talking about traits and who has the potential long term to me this is why i wanted to ask you about the wow here because to me that's the guy that i would probably take if, if you're trying to star hunt that would be the guy for me at eight and yeah and so but then it becomes a question of 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 value right because if i can get him at pick 16 right. why would i take him at eight Right. Like if I get an additional asset in a trade back and I know I can get him at like 16, that's where, you know, I'm going to go that route, like versus just forcing a pick at eight when I feel like I got I like this guy better and I know I can get him at a lower pick while getting a, an additional asset. And that's where Winger has to come in and just be this, you know, this guru with these relationships and and knowing the board. And being able to make plays like that because that's what Sam Presti does. Like those guys get value. You know, a guy that you might not have, he might have a guy top five on his board, and he and he and he fleeces you for an extra asset. You know, because you want to jump up and get this guy that he got rated under the guy he really wants. So it's just, hopefully, Winger can kind of finesse the board and know you know, know what buttons to push, but yeah, man, Bilal, I, I'm a big fan. Like, I I haven't put out, like, my full board yet, but he's definitely in my lottery, and 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 even just kind of talking about it out loud now, he might be in my top 10. <laughs> like, cause yeah. just, just his traits are, like, like I said, when I watch him, I'm like, Jesus Christ, man, like, this dude is a fucking athlete, and he's 18 years old, and he's got instincts, like I say, like Trevor Ariza defensively. And he don't really have a real weakness on offense. It's just he just needs to get better. Right. Um, he just he just needs to get better at the shit he's already doing at 18. Right, because he can hit the set three shot. We'll give you some stuff yeah. off the mid-range. We'll give you 360s under the rim. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, the, is there anyone else in this draft that can do all three of those things at, you know, even a, a good level right now? You know, probably not. So, again, that's why I wanted to ask about him. And he's such a – like, it causes a, a lot of discussion about him just because, you know, he he may not be ready for showtime all the way now. Um, he still needs a little bit of work trying to figure out how to play the game. But, again, he's 18 years old athleticism off the charts let him get 15 20 pounds of muscle on him and smarten up a little bit and that to me is an all-star all-nba level player provided he continues to develop his skill yeah that type of athlete he refines his handle and his jump shot man yeah that would be crazy man like i i like i'm a i'm a big fan like i say i with him, and then I would probably throw another one in there, probably Max Lewis. But but Max, I don't think, is the athlete that Bilal is. Right, and right. As far as like that on-ball creation and ability to play on it, off it, with a seven-foot wingspan, I like his game a lot, too. Uh, he's a lottery player for me as well at the wing spot. But, yeah, Bilal athleticism just, it's, it's another level. 
is a whole nother level. Yeah, I was going to ask you about um, Max Lewis. So again, his athleticism is, is not near what Bilal's is, but I mean, his athleticism is still decent. You know, he can get up. I like the way he finishes around the rim, has a good crossover, use that wingspan on the crossover to get to the rim, can pull up. So I do like Max Lewis as a prospect. Um, if wh- Who would you, would you take Bilal over him or, or would you take Max? Because it looks like Max is definitely more NBA ready, just watching how he plays the game. But I guess it just depends on do you want the more immediate result or, or do you want to go with the the untapped potential there? Man, that that's a tough one, man. Uh, oh man, again, water gun in my head. I'm probably gonna go Bilal, man. Yeah. But they like they close, man. But just the stuff I see Bilal do, like I said, you don't typically see an 18 year old just move around the court like that, like that. He does some shit, man. I'm just like, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> like, <laughs> how did you get that high? Just you didn't even look like you had to load up the jump. Like you just, you just hit a button and you was in the air, head at the rim, and dunking on this dude. Right, yeah. and it's like you know, by the time summer league comes around, Max will be 21. So it's like, eh. Right. Exactly. 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 Um. But yeah, I, I do like Max's game. Like I said, I, I think he's a lottery prospect. I like what he's able to do at six seven with the ball in his hands. He can get yeah. off of him, shoot it. Like he's another guy that doesn't really have a weakness. He just needs to get better at the things he does. Um he kind of reminds me of Devin Vassell. Like yeah. just yeah. you know, a long, rangy, solid athlete. You can coach him up to play a little bit of defense. He's gonna be able to hit shots off the dribble, off the dribble. On the dribble or off the dribble. So, uh, but yeah, Bilal, man, I, I, I'm a big fan, man. I, I might, I might be sounding like a stand now. <laughs> uh, I mean, watching Max Lewis. I mean, I'm going to be honest. One of the the I, when I was watching his highlights a week or so ago, one of the first players that popped in my mind was Jalen Williams, just because of that ability to hit the crossover, finish at the rim in different ways, like you said, can either hit the three or hit it off the bounce. Now, Max is a little bit longer. Um, and the athleticism might be a little bit better. But to me, like watching them, they were very similar players. Yeah, yeah. Max and Max has gotten a little bigger. I saw a picture of him at a workout recently. He looked like he put on about 10, 15 pounds of muscle since mm-hmm. the season. Um, but yeah, yeah, he's got that. He's got that like that wiggle, you know, that kind of street ball wiggle to his game. With, like he can yeah. he can dance on you a little bit. Um, Bilal don't really have that yet. No, but but if he added it, it, it would it really wouldn't be fair. Like Bilal kind of moves around the court kind of methodically and, and smooth, whereas whereas Max Lewis he gonna try to left right you step back sidestep spin, do all that stuff. So it's just it's just what your flavor is, right? Because is, is it if Bilal can find that one to two move and. You can either get a defender to overcommit or bite on a pump fake, and then it takes you one dribble, and you're dunking oh over God. two people yeah. at the rim. It's like exactly, yeah, 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 yeah. It would, it would be because I, because I think Bilal is like a like a like a shade and sharp type athlete, like just pogo yes. stick. Yes. You don't need a lot of moves because he can pump fake you, like you say, one dribble, one step, and he can he can put it on your head, man. Yep. So. <laughs> so yeah, that that's that's what I'm looking at. Like I'm like, man, like and then he can also shoot the ball. So yeah, man. I uh yeah. I, I'm a big fan of both. And if and if somehow we ended up with either one of them, man, I would be happy. I would be fucking ecstatic over here. Like and again, and like when, when Bilal plays, it's like it's effortless. It's like he's not angry. If he ever decided to get angry going to the rim, it would be highlight mania. Yeah, man. Like he, it's like he just be doing shit just because he can do it. Like it's just easy. Right. Um, yeah, I got. Yeah, man, I got big fan, dog. Big fan. I mean, and definitely talking about all these guys. No matter where the Wizards are going to be picking, whether it's eight, whether they trade back. I, I know we say that we would like them to trade up. I'm not sure that's going to be in the cards, but um, either way, wherever they're picking, whoever they're picking, there's a lot of talent out there. So there's really not – oh, I, I, well, there's a way. But there really kind of isn't a way that they can fuck this up. Um, there's a lot of talented guys. I think a lot of it's going to depend on the direction they go in. Um, what does Winger – and, again, assuming Will Dawkins is the GM, what, what do they value? 
Um, and again, if they're going to come in and want to draft thundery guys, well, then Bilal just might be the pick. Yeah. Oh, he's definitely a thundery guy. No doubt about it. Um, and like I say, the Wizards would be a lucky as hell to come away with him. I mean, it would be if Winger found a way to come out of this draft with like a point guard and somehow was able to get back into uh you know the proper draft range to get a Bilal. Uh I mean that would be I I would send that man a goddamn fruit basket. Uh because that would just be ridiculous. <laughs> so now point guard, I know this isn't a guy that we want to draft, but the the guy from Kansas State and what was he a a senior or a junior? I forget. Yeah, yeah but uh, if he wanted, I I want him to be on our summer league team. <laughs> Imagine oh yeah, give, giving him an athlete to play with. It'd be showtime. Oh yeah. Him and Bilal, showtime. Oh yeah, he'd be a summer league all star man. Just just he he'd be breaking bammers down, throwing oops like crazy. Uh, I I just like okay, so we trade back. Mm, I'm trying to figure. Are, Brooklyn does have those two first round picks, but those are down there. That's like you're probably out of range to. I mean, maybe you could get Bilal if he falls, and then it, could you get Case and Wallace there? I don't know. Let me look at this board real quick. Uh, or even Jay, uh, Jalen Hood. Like, if you just want to bank on his size and upside, uh, right. you know, you want to take a couple years to develop him and Bilal. Like, I'm with that too. Um, Oh, Again, I, would, I, I would. That's an A plus draft to me. That's an A. Plus I would rather draft. do that. I would rather do that. Getting two guys that I I can I can see all star upside with that need development versus just taking a, a role player at eight. Right, because we talked about it a little bit before. Jalen Hood is not. He he has great tools. I think he has good basketball IQ from a passing aspect. It's just finding consistency with that jumper, and, and a big part of that for him is going to be shot selection. But again, you can coach that if, if you have the right development team and if you have the right coaching staff. And that may not be this Western Cell Junior staff, but I promise you that's not going to be the same staff coming this time next year. It'll probably be different. So, I mean, maybe Hood is a guy that Winger and, and Dawkins like, and they say, you know what, maybe we could trade back. And again, if we got two of those types of guys, if we came out of this draft with um, Bilal and Hood, that's again, that's an A-plus draft to me. A plus. No more discussion to be here. That's a that's an A for me, man. I'm taking that shit all day. Summer league would be so fun. Yeah. Feeding this tidbit on Bilal that he grew. He had a late growth spurt going from five eleven to six six. That makes sense because like he 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 plays like a dude that you know was was a under a small guy and had bounce and then he just he grew seven inches and then that was just like it ain't even fair man yeah and he could still grow i mean he's still really got another three years or so in which he could still potentially grow a little bit so yeah um anything else you wanted to add on any of these guys before we well i i guess did we uh, finish this conversation at, at, at eight? You know, who, who would be your pick right now? Let's, if Anthony Black is on the board, I, I think the answer is kind of clear there. Or maybe it's not. Let's play both scenarios. One, Anthony Black is on the board. One, he's not. Who would you take? Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, AB, Anthony Black on the board, I think that's the pick. Um, I think from a tools and, you know, just wingers pedigree from other teams, I think, it matches need and talent. Um, if he's not on the board, say he's gone, Cam is gone, the twins are gone. Um, I, I'm looking at Bilal or Max, and and if and if I could find a way to trade back to still get one of those types of guys, I think I'm gonna go that route. Yeah, I mean, again, the the Wizards are picking in a good spot to where get, they may not get that that top tier of talent that's in this draft, but even the the tiers below that, you can still get a damn good player in this draft. So um, that's the fortunate thing for Wizards fans because, again, really, 
And I, I know I say this now confidently, kind of, sort of, not really, but there really isn't a way for them to fuck this up. They would have to be all-time level of stupid to mess this up. Yeah, it's it's so many dudes in this drive that I'm a fan of, whereas last year it was kind of like, fuck, if we don't get top seven, <laughs> we're screwed. <laughs> right. You know? Um, it was like it was like get top seven or hope that they go outside the box and take like Jalen Williams. And you knew they weren't gonna do that. So it was like, fuck, we gotta get top seven so we can at least get like Ben Matherin. Um and of course we didn't, and we stay at ten and we take Johnny Davis. So uh I, I this is not that. So that you know, no more Tommy. This is a deeper draft. Um, and you know, what a time to actually have a f- real front office that's respected because this draft to me is, is, is up there, has a chance to be up there with 2003. Yeah. I mean, I know we talked about before the lottery, like you probably don't want to slip back too far. Like, cause our worst case scenario was falling back to 10. Right. And at the time you were like, Oh, you probably don't want to do that because we're just going to miss on the a guy or two that we would like. But honestly, um, if we were to fall to 10, you can still get a really good player with the 10th pick here. I mean, again, there's all about, I would say through the middle to, to late first round, you can, if, if you play your cards right and your development team is good, you could come away with a star all-star level player. Right. Um, anything else? That's all I got, man. Yeah, finally good to uh, be able to talk some draft prospects a little bit. I hadn't really brushed up on it much throughout the college season, but looking over some guys the the past couple or a few weeks and just having a general understanding of what a, a lot of these key guys, especially that are going to be in our range, can do. Um, and again, there will be more to come. We're going to have some different people on soon to talk going to try um, and get Osman big on soon. We were talking earlier today. We're thinking Monday, we might try and do that. Um, Frank Hanrahan from NBC sports, Washington is going to be on soon with us. So we have some guests that will be knowledgeable and insightful and get to talk more about the wizards changes organizationally and the, and the draft coming up and sooner or later, before we know it, the draft will be over and we'll be ready to talk free agency. So, Moving fast. Um, thank you all. Thank you all for listening to another episode today. If you're not already subscribed to the show, please make sure that you are. Rate us five stars and leave us a review. But thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.